All right, let's uh, turn the Word of God this morning to Habakkuk chapter 3. Habakkuk chapter 3. Turn there in the Word of God. All right. And uh, Habakkuk, Habakkuk, however you pronounce that. We're just going to read two verses, chapter 3. A prayer of chapter 3, verses 1 and 2. A prayer of Habakkuk. The prophet upon, now, I think Habakkuk was hard to pronounce. Look at this next one. Shigianoth. Did I get that right, Ben? Shigianoth. Close. All right. Thank you. Verse 2. O Lord, I have heard thy speech and was afraid. O Lord, revive thy work in the midst of the years. In the midst of the years, make known in wrath, remember mercy. Let's pray. Father, again, Lord, we praise you, we worship you, and Lord, we're glad that we know where we are. Lord, we're safe in the arms of God. If we've been saved, if we've been born again, we are in Christ Jesus. And I'm glad that we can know, he said these things I've written, that you may know that you have eternal life. Lord, I'm glad that we can know. I'm glad there's not a question mark there. If we've uh, put our trust in the shed blood and death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, there's no longer a question mark. There's an exclamation mark of assurance. And that's a wonderful thing to know in our heart and have that peace. And uh, Lord, that passes all understanding. And Lord, I pray for each one that's here, each one that's listening, that they do know you. Lord, I pray for the many needs among us. Lord, we think of uh, Sister Sarah this morning. We think of uh, Sister Diane. We think of Sister Wendy. We think of Sister uh, Judy and others among us that have a uh, physical need. Lord, please be with them where they are. And Lord, may you just overshadow them. And may they have that conscious awareness, dear God, that you're there and you care and uh, you'd help them. And uh, Lord, I pray uh, today as we gather together around the throne, as we gather together around the word of God, Lord, that you would uh, uh, come down and uh, do something in our midst, do something in our heart. Lord, I pray that we came here, Lord, uh, not just to go through the motions, not just to make a commotion, uh, but God, we came here uh, walking by faith, and Lord, and uh, asking you, dear Lord God, to help us uh, through your word and through your spirit and your blessed truth. So God, we pray that in all that's done, Jesus Christ will be glorified and you would build your local church in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And so as uh, we look at uh, these two verses here and uh, Habakkuk cries out, O Lord, revive thy work. And he didn't, didn't say, Lord, bring revival, but he said thy work. And uh, that's one thing we have to remember that this is his work. And, uh, uh, you know, a lot of times we say, well, you know, our pastor, but this is, this is uh, 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 not uh, my work, right? This is not uh, my church or uh, whoever, the, uh, the, the next pastor. It's the work of God. And that's what makes it exciting. He is responsible for it. And boy, that's good uh, to remember uh, when, you're, when, you're, when you're a pastor, that, you know, uh, Lord, this is your work and uh, you're responsible for it. You know, I'm here to do whatever you tell me to do. We're here to do whatever you tell us to do. But Lord, uh, this is your work and you said you would build it. And Lord, we're trusting you, amen, to do some things. And some, Lord, sometimes we need something special. And I say that we're in a time that we need something special. You know, Jesus Christ, we know, uh, gave a commandment to the church. We have it right there on the back. We must accomplish the mission, right? You shall be witnesses to me both in Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, and the uttermost part of the earth. And we've been called, 
right, to get the gospel out. We just sang that song, I love to tell the story. And it is a wonderful thing to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. But, amen, we, we, we could all go out uh, today, walk out of here, and we could all go out and stand on a corner and uh, give out the gospel, but that's not revival. That's evangelism. <laughs> that's evangelism. And evangelism is important, but we need to remember evangelism is not revival. Evangelism is just telling the lost about Christ, and we are responsible for that. But, of course, uh, uh, evangelism is, uh, you know, doing, doing something for the lost. But revival is when God comes by and does something and stirs the heart of his people. And that is definitely what we are in need of. God desires to work through us. Of course, Habakkuk stood on the eve of uh, captivity of Judah and uh, this nation, right? Uh, may have seemed insignificant, but nothing was more important than the people through whom God had chosen to work. Listen, nothing's the most important institution in this nation is the church, right? In the world is God's church that he died for and shed his uh, uh, blood for. That's what he died for. He died for the church. And in our churches, God wants to make himself known uh, to us and through us to the world. And we need to get a fresh uh, stirring about that because Jesus Christ is the uh, only hope. And, of course, uh, uh, the, uh, that hope must go through, that message must go through the church. And so uh, when we're not where we should be, right, revival is what we need. Habakkuk knew his nation would be judged, and he came to believe the only hope uh, was revival. And if we believe our only hope is revival and the only people who can revive are gods, then we who know the Lord, right, we hold the key to hope uh, for uh, this nation. It starts, it starts with us. And so uh, when, uh, when re revival comes, again, it's for God's people and certain things we should expect and certain things need to happen. We, how do we know when revival comes? Well, one, when revival comes, there's a greater devotion to Christ. Boy, uh, we, we get saved. And I was thinking about this, you know, we get saved and then we go to church and all of a sudden, you know, we just get into a, 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 a routine. And that's good that, you know, church, you know, it even said about Jesus. He went to suck as his manner was. And we come to church as our manner is. That should be part of our routine. Church should be part of our routine. Praying should be part of our routine. Reading our Bible should be part of our routine. Witness should be part of our routine. But you know what? It should never be routine <laughs> in that sense. Even though it's part of our routine, it should never just become routine. All believers know that we need a higher level of devotion to Jesus Christ. When revival comes, people will be willing to serve the Lord because they are <coughs> devoted to him. I'm glad I'm his, but I just don't want to know I'm glad to his. I want to know that I'm completely devoted with him, with all my heart, with all my mind, with all my soul. And when I see that uh, 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 lacking, when I see that slacking in my life, you know, I, I, I hope that God gives me a conscious awareness of that lacking and slacking and says, hey, uh, Jeff, you need to, amen, you need a fresh stirring. And so I say, hey, if nobody else needs it, I want to say, hey, Jeff Stewart needs a fresh stirring because revival, when it comes, will increase, amen, the labor force for Christ. You know, everyone uh, should want to be in, uh, uh, involved. 
You know, they, they, you hear the saying that, you know, 20% in a business, hey, 20% of the people do 80% of the work. Well, I don't think that's in business. You see that a lot uh, in, in church when some uh, needs to be done. The same people show up when it's time to clean up. The same uh, people do these things. But uh, we want everyone to be involved. We need, to, we need more people praying, more people witnessing and involved in the work of the force of every church. You know, uh, 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 I, I remember, uh, you know, even uh, as a member, when I uh, came back uh, from uh, 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 Bulgaria and uh, man, I lived, a, I lived an hour one way from the church God had me join in Florida, which became my sending church when I went back to Europe. It was one hour driving, highway driving. That was one hour highway driving, right? Coming down 75, getting on to four, and exit 10, there to Sefner, uh, uh, Florida. And you know what? Even though I lived an hour away, I was at church Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. I was there for uh, 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 Thursday night. Uh, uh, visitation. I was there for uh, uh, Saturday, whatever. And again, not just because I was in the ministry. You know, when I, when, I, when I got saved, God put something in my heart that no, said, no matter what, no matter what, I am going to be uh, in uh, the house of God. And so listen, if you, if, if, listen, if you can't make it to church, right, you need to uh, text uh, uh, the pastor and uh, uh, let him know. But listen, uh, uh, I'd say most of the times why people miss church is really uh, uh, not, not a good reason. It's just a, a, a decision uh, that, uh, that they made. You know, we need to uh, have full uh, commitment. And, uh, you know, I was telling you, listen, it, it, I, if you want to give excuses, I'm not the person to come and talk to about that, right? Because I know, uh, because the same people, it, when the same thing's going on in their life or they have the same situation, they're able to make it to work on Monday and, and, and things like that. And I don't want to get down on ball everybody. I'm just talking about, right, being fully committed, being fully devoted, right? Revival causes greater interest in the Lord's work. As Christians, we must narrow our interest, narrow our interest. We must eliminate good things for the best things. Revival will cause us to do it. It'll help us to get zeroed in. It'll help us to get focused in on what is really important in our life as believers. Revival brings a fresh zeal for the Lord. More doors open today than ever before. Revival will give us the zeal to take advantage of all the opportunities that God is giving us in this hour. But listen, we can say we need revival, but we need to pray, listen, for a burden, for a burden for revival. Habakkuk prayed a prayer of Habakkuk. It was a prayer. The word shigioneth means the, an expression of profound and strong emotion. And that's what we should have towards a revival, the, a strong burden, a strong expression of emotion. You know, I look at my own life and you know what, even though I'm at church all the time, even around this, you know what, I look back and I say, you know what, I am not satisfied with where I'm at in my own life. And I want to be burned about that. I want to be broken hardened about that. I want God to stir me about. This prophet's heart was so burdened and so broken that he could not go anywhere but to God. Habakkuk prayed and sought the face of God. 
We have become so addicted to the status quo that nothing really moves us. God will not send revival until we get a burden for revival. We must pray and seek God's face. We need a burden for God to do what only he can do. Listen, I'm telling you, I'm really concerned for our young people. I'm really concerned uh, for our young people at this age and state of life that they're in and they're getting out into the workforce. Again, I keep mentioning this because I'm burdened about it. And they're facing things that they haven't had to, to face before. And listen, and unless, unless uh, 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 they have a strong personal walk with God and unless uh, uh, they have a strong relationship with their parents and are, are communicating those things, uh, listen, I'm telling you, the devil is ready right there to draw them away and to draw them out in the world. And don't think it can't happen to your child. Don't think it can't happen to your child. Listen, uh, uh, I, I've seen uh, uh, young people in church and uh, I mean, some of the some of the, the, the you'd say, man, that's that's just the, that's just the sharpest young man. Man, that's just the sweetest young lady. In just a few years, man, I've seen the uh, the devil creep into their life and literally, literally destroy a, a wonderful young man, destroy a precious young lady. And that can happen to that can happen to anyone. If we're not care, if we're not, you, you listen, we know that the parents are going to be praying, but unitedly as a church, it's so important uh, to be praying for our young people and to be wearing them upon our heart and to be praying for the church. You know, uh, it just seems like uh, the last uh, a month, it's kind of funny, uh, the, the, the last month, uh, I've just been so, I'm going to be honest, I've just been so burdened for the church. You know, uh, even though uh, I spent a lot of time, I didn't know I was going to be uh, gone that much. But when I was up there, boy, I, I, I would be in my hotel room and man, I would just be so burdened for the church. And I'm here to tell you this. I'm going to be honest with you. For me, this has not been an easy, easy, easy month. There were times I'm just going to be honest with you. There were times in my hotel that I just felt like the devil himself was just coming so strongly against me and fighting me and attacking me and wanting to, to, to amen, uh, get in my life and destroy my life. I'm not, hey, listen, I'm not afraid to say that. I'm not afraid to say that. And you know what? That scares me to death. That scares me to death that the devil could get something in my life, that the devil could get something in your life, that the devil could slip into this church, that the devil could slip into the lives of our children. And I know the only thing that is going to uh, protect me, the only thing that's going to protect you, the only thing that's going to protect our children, right, is a close walk with God and a fresh stirring of the things of God. Boy, the thought of something happened in my life that, man, I couldn't serve the Lord the way that I wanted to. I just, I've mentioned that before. I just, I just can't imagine what I'd do if I couldn't serve the Lord to the full capacity, amen, that I desire to serve uh, the Lord. And boy, if something happened, boy, if I heard something about one of these uh, uh, young, young people that something happened in their life, amen, uh, that would just, that would just uh, break my heart. That would just, uh, something could happen to one of these young people. And so it's so important. We need to pray, God, 
God, I want you to stir me. I want you to stir this church. I want you to stir everyone and pray for our young people. The basis of revival. Notice what he says, O Lord, I have heard thy speech and was afraid. Boy, the fear of God. Boy, we need to pray. We need to have the fear of God as the, as the leaders and the adults, but we need to pray that our children, when they get out in the world, that they keep the fear of God in their heart. And it, what it says, it says, I've heard thy speech. And it happens, right, by knowing the word of God. It says, I've heard thy speech. When we realize there's things in our nation, things in our church, things in our home, things in our heart don't line up with God's word, it should put a fear in our heart and drive us to our knees. He realized what was going to happen to his nation and his heart was stirred. There must be a fear of God in order to see revival. The basis for revival is God's people praying and calling on him because they know in his word they fear him. Boy, I bet some of you older Christians remember times of prayer uh, in this church. You know, I, I joke about my uh, uh, Pentecostal aunts, but I remember as a kid, hey, you could say a lot uh, about them. Maybe they don't have everything right. Boy, I remember uh, when I was a little boy going to, going to uh, church with my grandma an hour before church. The lights would be dimmed down. And boy, listen, you would hear that they would be praying all over the church. They would be uh, crying out to God all over uh, the church. And listen, we need, we need to get back to that. You know, I, I always say I'm glad that our church, a lot of times after church, people stand a half hour, stay a half hour, 45 minutes after the service. But boy, when's the last time our church came together a half hour, 45 minutes before church and didn't talk to anybody but God? Didn't talk to anybody for God. That's what we need to get back to. That's what we need as Christians. That's what this church needs. That's what this uh, community needs. Well, we're uh, getting uh, back to that. The, you know, the blessing of revival says, In the midst of the years, make known. In wrath, remember mercy. He recognized that wrath could not be removed. We cannot change uh, maybe what God's going to do in our nation, but we can change what God's going to do in our heart, what God's going to do in our home and in the church. This is the hope of the church. Our hope is that God will be merciful to us. This means even if our nation continues to run away with God, the Lord is still able to bless us and make us a blessing. This blessing of revival. In the midst of wrath, God will remember mercy. Now notice again what it says, revive thy work in the midst of the years. Now listen, I want to say this. Here it says in the midst of the years, but I want to say whatever you are in the midst of is a good time for revival, a stirring of God. You know, right now, we're in the midst of a transition. I was thinking about this. You know what? That's a good time for revival. You know, I'd like you say, well, I, we're doing this, but you know what? This would be a good time for God just to fall upon this church and get a hold of everybody's heart afresh and anew. You know, a good time to let God slip in is when the devil's trying to slip in. I guarantee you, the devil is trying to slip in during this time. Why? Because the church might feel weak. It might feel uh, vulnerable. And the devil, listen, uh, the devil picks up on all that. 
And he tries to find that person whose heart he can slip into, whose attitude he can slip into, whose mind he can slip into, right? Boy, say we need to say, God, we're trusting you to help us during this time. Lord, don't let the devil slip in. God, we need you to slip in right now, if you will, and do something fresh in our hearts and do something fresh in our midst. Well, I don't know necessarily what it means by the midst of the years there, but all I know is that we're in the midst of something and it would be a good time for a Bible, a good time to ask God to stir our church. This would be a good time for revival. Again, a good time for God to stir our hearts and get refocused and realigned to make sure we are in line with God's agenda and not our own. Preachers don't need to have their own agenda. Of course, I've seen uh, uh, preachers come into church and boy, and, 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 and move this and move that or whatever. Right. But listen, preachers don't need to have their own agenda. And I can say, oh, yeah, I can hear. Boy, people say, amen to that. Amen. Then preachers don't need to have their own agenda. But you know what? Church members don't need to have their own agenda. Either way, if a preacher comes in with an agenda and his heart is about what he wants to do more than his heart is from the church, well, I'd say, hey, that guy's got problems. But hey, I say the same thing if a church member has their own agenda of what they want versus what God wants. Nobody, no individual needs to have their own agenda. We are the church of the living God. We should all be in tune with Christ's will and agenda. We know we are called to evangelize. But before we can properly evangelize, huh? trying to think of a word that rhymed with that. So I'm going to give you something. <laughs> I thought about this. Before we evangelize, we need to be synchronized. That's what we need to be. Amen. We need to be synchronized, right? And lined up as the people of God. Amen. Synchronized with God, synchronized with the word, synchronized with one another in spirit and heart and mind and love and moving forward in tune together. Right. We always say in the military, right? Before you go on a mission, Synchronized watches, right? So they say in the middle of synchronized watches. Well, hey, that's what we need to pray. God, we need to synchronize our watches. We need to synchronize our heart. We need to synchronize our mind. We need to synchronize our attitude. We need to synchronize, amen, our will with God. Don't be the one out of sync. Revival. Of course, when we say that, we often think about our nation. But let me ask you this, revival. What do you want to see God do in our nation? What needs to change in our nation? Well, I'm sure if I said, well, hey, what needs to change in our nation? I'm sure you'd come up with a list. I'm sure you could come up with a list. Revival. What do you want to see God do in our church? What needs to change in our church? I'm sure you could come up with a list of what needs to change in the church. But let's bring it down here. Revival. What do you want to see God change in your home? What needs to change in your home? Do you have a list? Do you have a list of what needs to change in your home? Revival. What do you want to see God change in your heart? Because that's really where it begins. From the heart to the home, to the church, to the nation. So really, 
We say we want revival in our nation. Well, hey, it's got to come from the church, so we want revival in the church. Well, the church is, is, is homes, so it's got to start in the home, but the home is individuals. And so it begins in the individual heart. Like they always say, Lord, bring revival, make that circle around you and say, Lord, let it begin here. What do you want to see God change in your heart? What needs to change in your heart? What needs to change in my heart? And do you have a list? Are you willing to make a list? Revival, a fresh stirring. That's what we should, that's what we should be praying for uh, during this time. Now, remember, again, evangelism is reaching the lost, and we want to do that. But before we can do that effectively, amen, we need to make sure that we are being effective as individual Christians. Revival is God's people getting their heart stirred for the Lord. Revival is a new beginning of obedience to God. You know, when David was praying in Psalm 51, what did he say? Restore to me the joy, the joy of thy salvation. Man, I, we, we, we want to come together, and man, we just want the joy of the Lord. Be excited talking about the Lord. Be excited, amen. Being able to share uh, 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 something. You know, w- when we ask for, hey, anybody got a blessing to share this week? You know, we should all, man, we should be, uh, uh, man, I don't know which hand to pick. I don't know which hand to pick. Should be uh, the way it should be at the house of God. God desires to make himself known to us and through us to the world. Realize that revival again is the only hope we have for our nation, for our churches, for our homes, for ourselves, for these children, for this next generation. Amen. If this, if this church is going to uh, be what it ought to be. It's going to, amen, have to, we need to let our, ch- you know, I look back and I think, man, I'm glad in the 30, almost 36 years, I'm going to say, I'm glad I can look back, right, and say, I've seen revival. I've seen revival. And many of you that have been in this church for a long time, you could talk about years ago how you saw revival. But has anybody here that's uh, under the age, that's 18 or under, Anybody here that's 18 or under, have they seen revival at the Choice Hills Baptist Church? Or 15 or under, have they seen revival at the Choice Hills Baptist Church? You know, we got to say these things ought not to be so. We need to pray for that. Before these children get out on their own, we should say, God, I want them to know, amen, what it is to see revival. I want them to know what it is to see revival at the Choice Hills Baptist Church. I want them to know what it is to see revival uh, in our home. I want them to know what it is to see revival in mama's heart, in daddy's heart, in grandpa's heart, in grandma's heart, or wherever the case might be. That should be our prayer. We must have a burden. You know what a burden is? Something that, something that weighs upon you. Something that weighs upon you. Boy, uh, the, 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 the condition, right? You say, well, the condition of my nation weighs upon me. Well, then, does the condition of your church weigh upon you? Does the condition of your home weigh upon you? Does the condition of your own heart weigh upon you, if that's a need? Fear of God is a vital part of revival because, you see, when, when we truly walk in biblical fear of God, that's when our heart is so sensitive. Again, not that we're afraid of God, but our heart is so sensitive, our fear is that anything would creep into our heart and life, amen, that would affect our closeness with God. 
That's how sensitive we want our heart to be. Understand that even in his wrath, God can remember mercy and give us a blessing and send revival. Begin to pray. Begin to pray and seek God's face for revival and that it would begin in your heart. Let's pray.